It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What does Aaron Rodgers do that Kirk Cousins probably can learn from? I think it's getting out and taking advantage of what uh, what the defense gives you and knowing sometimes you've got to eat the ball, sometimes you've got to take a chance. And every once in a while it feels like Kirk Cousins is not willing to push the ball down the field and uh, maybe just doesn't have that confidence. So I feel like that's probably the main thing. I don't really know. I'm not a quarterback. I'm not a quarterback mm-hmm. guru. It just feels like there's <laughs> maybe a little bit of a, a, a lack of confidence sometimes to take some of those um, opportunities that Aaron Rodgers, um, his ability to use his feet, Mm-hmm. and to find people downfield and to get the defense uh, uncomfortable. On the field, in the broadcast booth, Ron Johnson is Minnesota sports. One-of-a-kind opinions, big-name guests, the teams you care about every, every, every day. It's the Ron Johnson Show, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota, and it starts now. Welcome to the Ron Johnson Show, and I'm your host, Ron Johnson. Um, today's show, I mean, we're, we're going to have some fun, of course. We're going to have Daryl Thompson on, former Gophers, uh, running back, former Packer, unfortunately, Packers running back. Uh, we can't really stop the Packer Nation from joining the Ron Johnson Show. Hey, they want to get in, let's let them in. Um, but as I bring Sam Ekstrom in, my producer, um, I mean, we're going to have the Daily Three, of course, but mm-hmm. this past weekend, Sam... Uh, you know, we've seen Dwayne Haskins now gone too soon. Uh, you see Jeff Gladney. And so as a former um, Vikings defensive back, um, now Arizona Cardinal, um, we don't have the whole story, so we can't even go there. Um, but for me, it, it hit a little close because my wife uh, this weekend as well, Saturday or Sunday, uh, my days are running together. Uh, was in a, a real bad accident, totaled her car. Um, mm-hmm. A lady tried to come across, uh, had a stop sign, didn't stop. My wife had the right of way in a, on a street that there's no stop signs, no lights. Uh, probably doing 45, 50 miles an hour. Lady tries to beat her across. And, and then as my wife starts to remember the story, um, she doesn't think the lady saw her. She said she wasn't going that fast. Um, the lady did not look like she was trying to get out of the way. And it was one of those things when you're going 50 and somebody is literally just in your way, the only thing you can do is turn, but not try to kill yourself. And so the good thing was my wife didn't just completely ram into her. She turned a little bit left. Lady still hit her. Like lady kept driving through. Like lady never saw her, never stopped, never hit her brakes. Um, so whether she was on her phone, I don't know what the hell was going on um, with this lady, but she just never saw her, never saw her. Had a kid in a car. I think her husband in the car. So who knows if they were talking. They thought like we're right. I mean, they were right across the street from their apartment building when they hit her. Um and, and my seven-year-old daughter was in the car. And so just getting that call uh, from a stranger, you know, and then hearing my wife's, you know, I can hear the phone because she was on the phone and the phone like was was on like the little tripod thing. And she's just talking Bluetooth and I could hear the phone drop and she's just like the kids are screaming. She's saying she can't find her phone. Um, and then she just like, it went dead. And so I like panicked, I'm trying to find her. Mm-hmm. And so to, to go to sleep on that and then wake up and see Jeff Gladney pass away from a car accident. Well, it, it was tough for me because I know that's where my situation could have been my wife and my daughter. Um, you just never know in car accidents. You just never know, like nothing's guaranteed. Um, and so Sam, as I, as I, you know, kind of preface this, the, the way I want to take this route is I'm kind of annoyed. I'm annoyed today. A little bit, Sam. Um, mm-hmm. 
I'm annoyed because I just dealt with that with my wife. So I know what his family's going through. I know what his friends are going through. And to read some of these publications, and I know you got to get your thousand words in. I know you got to get whatever your, your editor is telling you, your, your story to get produced and printed or whatever or published. You got to hit a certain number of words, letters, characters. But I'm really pissed off and annoyed that somebody's article, and I'm not going to call anybody out. I'm not going to say what publication it was because it wasn't just one, but it was one that kind of jumped out there. And they're supposed to be a Viking supporter. They're supposed to be a Vikings uh, you know, outlet for people and, and, and the words used as far as like struggling to make a team or injured. Um, and so never got on the field last year or whatever, you know, what it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't really matter what he did on the field. Like he's not a commodity to be traded and be talked about as if it's nothing. This is a person that lost their life. This is a son that's no longer, this is a father that now has left his daughter without a dad. This is a boyfriend or, you know, whatever fiance that has left his girlfriend or wife. I mean, there's, there's so much, there's a brother or sister, whatever. There's so much to this. There's a friend. You see Jalen Rager tweet to left, you know, to leave his best friend. Um, you know, it, it, it annoys me at, at the way people senselessly just write their little articles as if like, Oh, F it. Like, yeah, he struggled. I want to make sure I talk about this. Does it matter? Like, who cares if he if he didn't play an entire down and got a check after check after check for seven years and he passed away? We shouldn't talk about what he was or what he did on the field. He was a great person, a great father, a great man. Um, yes. Did he go to court? Yes, he was found out guilty. People want to argue about that. It doesn't matter. Like, he went through that. And so I wish, I mean, we, we saw Dwayne Haskins and Adam Schefter. We saw what that looked like. I just wish people would think before they decide to write an article just to get some clicks. I get it. You got to get paid. You got to get your people to click on your story and read about it. You want to be first to the street with this. But Sam, I mean, what are your thoughts on that, Sam, as far as people just jumping out and trying to have the first story and, and thinking they're TMZ and they don't, but they don't have all the info or they don't have any info. So they fill it, which nobody has any info right now. And they're just filling these stories with BS. That has nothing to do with Jeff Gladney's life. Yeah, you know, we shouldn't define people based on a year of of professional struggles. I mean, that should not be what a person, you know, boils down to. Um, you know, obviously Jeff Gladney's issues were were legal in nature, but that doesn't mean that that is that's not the lead. Like so a life was lost, and unfortunately, you know, like whether mistakes were made or not on Jeff's part, he doesn't get the opportunity to to make amends for those mistakes. He doesn't get an opportunity to come back in his career and, and try to make something of it. Um, so it's all very sad. And and you mentioned it with Schefter and Haskins. That's how Schefter got in hot water is he tried to boil down Dwayne Haskins by, by tweeting Dwayne Haskins struggling, you know, commanders and now Steelers quarterback passes away. That, I mean, that's, it's in bad taste. Um, it diminishes who they were. And we don't know a lot of these guys off the field that well, we don't know what they're about. They're, or the way they interact with their family. That's, that's all more important, arguably. So uh, I understand why you'd be disappointed. And, and, you know, for, for Vikings fans or, or, you know, journalists, I, Gladney was a difficult or a challenging person to, to cover there for a couple of years, but this supersedes that, right? Like mm -hmm. this is, this is a totally different ball game mm -hmm. than, uh, than what happened in those two years he was on the Vikings. Yeah. And, and that's what's sad. Like I, I've said this numerous times, like I'm tired of people um, treating players as if that's it. Like when you see somebody, you know, who passes away, 
Joe Blow, American, awesome person. You don't ever see people talk about them that way. Like, oh, you know, he struggled at Wendy's for a couple of years and then he moved on to Burger King. And, you know, he never really figured out the fry machine at McDonald's. Uh, you know, he struggled to just get a job at Best Buy. Then he went to Target. Then he went to Sears. And then he went to, you know, you don't see people do that with human beings. When somebody dies, he was a father. He was a husband. He was a, she was a mother. She was a wife. Um, you rarely, you, you, not rarely, you never, ever, ever see that. Like you never see people do that. And that's why it, it frustrates me um, that that's the way. Now, granted, you're not going to get clicks by talking about the life and death of somebody that the media cannot, you know, break down and talk about. But I love, I mean, I go back to the ESPN commercial, one of my favorite ESPN commercials. I think it was Peyton Manning. Um, who was like at the grocery store cheering on the guy making the deli meat. And then he was at the bus stop cheering on the bus driver. And I think it was all NFL guy. I think it was like Eli Payton, a couple other guys. Can't remember all who was involved, but I, I think back to that, you know, like I think somebody blew the whistle with somebody in their office because they took too long to type out the email. You know, like I don't, I don't think people understand the pressure that these players are under where you can't just like, like Justin Jefferson, he can't just go shopping at Shields or the Mall of America. Now he can, but he's probably going to get stopped once people realize who he is. Um, like I said, I saw Mackenzie Alexander at the mall, uh, I think last year, year before, like, I can't remember my, my, my years are running together now with COVID, but I remember just having a conversation with him at the Nike store. And the only reason people started walking is they saw two, you know, guys that look like they're in shape. And of course, African-American guys, uh, me being six, three, you know, of course it's like, who is this guy? And, and then he, they see McKenzie Alexander. So people kind of start like, God, that guy looks familiar though. Um, I couldn't imagine, you know, living that life under a microscope, especially with social media right now. I think that's the other part of this. Like you, you had a lot of issues in the past and that's why even the James worthy, you know, bringing up current players, tattoos and, and three pointers, you know, and then people are now dragging him through the mud because they're like, dude, you got arrested for prostitution before a game. Like, what are you talking about? Like, this dude, when it got tattoos, like LaMelo Ball, for instance, when he got tattoos, he's in the AT&T commercial, great kid, never been in trouble, you know, not in the media for doing anything, doesn't have like a bunch of, you know, crap in his life, has a great dad and mom, you know, supporting him, has brothers, you know, trying to, one brother in the NBA and doing great, one brother trying to make it. Another, but you, you want to talk about guys with tattoos and shooting three-pointers. And LaMelo fits that bill. Like, he shoots, he, he he's up threes, he makes them. But the fact that James Worthy is one of those guys, you know, one of those like, oh, man, back in my day. No, man, you can't say that. Like, stop trying to minimize what players and young guys do and, and, and turn it into your headline. Like, I, I think that's my overall, like, our overall arching message for today. Stop, stop trying to turn everything into a negative headline so that people can get clicks. And again, the people that are pushing James Worthy's message out there, hey, they're going to get the clicks. People are going to watch the video. But hey. When you throw stones and you live in a glass house, you're going to get cut. And that's what James Harden or James uh, Worthy is dealing with right now. Um, sorry if I said James Harden earlier. I meant James Worthy. Um, but that's that's what is going to happen. You can't throw rocks if you live in a glass house. You're going to end up cut badly. James Worthy's dealing with it now. Adam Schefter, you dealt with it. Like, don't be the next casualty. Like, treat these guys like they are. Human beings, men, learn them appreciate them you can get just as much love from a positive than you can from a negative and if that's not the case in this world we're lost 
we are truly lost if the, everything has to be negative and able to get clicks. But next up, we got Daryl Thompson, former running back for the Gophers, but also the Packers, of course. And then we're going to have the Daily Three in the third segment. Please stick around for that. That'll do it for the first thing the Ron Johnson Show. Please stick around. If you enjoy the Ron Johnson Show, you'll enjoy our other daily show on Locked On Sports Minnesota. It's Superior Sports Talk with Carol Levins, Sports Director Reggie Wilson, and his co-host Luke Emmon. Whether it's Twins, Vikings, Wolves, or Wild, Reggie and Luke have it covered all with all the breaking news and the big opinions. Catch the show five days a week by subscribing to Locked On Sports Minnesota's YouTube channel or wherever you get your podcasts. Next up on the Ron Johnson Show, we have Gophers play-by-play guy Daryl Thompson color analyst you hear his calls all the time of course he's always partial to the running backs but Daryl Thompson was a draft pick of the Packers so no Vikings fans sorry but he is a Minnesota guy kids were you know Minnesota high school kids now playing college sports but Daryl Thompson I want to thank you for joining me on the Ron Johnson show and let's just jump out there it's this is OTAs right now as a running back because receivers, quarterbacks, DBs, we love OTAs because we, we can kind of still get our one-on-ones, our speed. But for a running back to kind of get the, the keys that you need, looking at the tackle, off his butt, all that kind of stuff, um, what can a running back really get out of OTAs? Well, it's a lot you can get out of running uh, OTAs that are running back. You know, you get the you get to press the hole, you get to think, you get to work on your speed, your acceleration. There's a there's a lot to it, you know, the flow and, the, you know, kind of reading and then pressing the hole. So, there's quite a bit that can be got out of um, OTAs and then also the one-on-one work, you know, when you do the, uh, you know, third down backs and come out of the backfield against, you know, outside linebackers, strong safeties, things like that. So there's quite a bit that can be um, got out of it uh, from the running back spot. And when you look at, let's go Gophers, you know, you covered Asezi Atomewu, uh, you know, his whole time here in Minnesota, you know, he was a great player, got drafted by the hometown Minnesota Vikings. Um, when he originally got drafted under last year's 4-3 system, he would have had to really just compete at defense in, and that would have put him against Daniil Hunter. Uh, you know, you look at all the, the DNs they had at that time that, you know, Everson Griffin, like he would have had to really be a guy. Now in this 3-4 defense with Ed Donatel, it gives them some position flexibility. You look at them at outside linebackers, a stand-up guy like uh, T.J. Watt. Uh, You can put him at the five technique. I mean, I even talked to him the other day. He said he can play the wide seven if he has to. He can play the three technique in some of the passing situations. So what does a says he have to do? uh, Because you made some rosters. What does he have to do to really nail down and be on a roster for the Vikings this year? Well, just that, Ron, you pointed out he's got to be flexible. He's got to be able to play that uh, that wide nine, that wide seven, be able to get to the quarterback. He's got to be able to cover and be physical at the point of attack, you know, and then hopefully, you know, he has the ability. I mean, what everyone wants at the end of the day is somebody who can get to the quarterback. So if he can figure out a way to get to the quarterback and find what his skill set is to do that, then I think he's got an opportunity to, you know, not just make the roster but also be part of a package end up, you know, hopefully have a nice NFL career. And I think he's, I think he has it. I think it's um, a little yet to be unveiled, but I think he has what it takes to be uh, um, an NFL defensive and outside linebacker. It's a little bit of hybrid, you know, I think, I think he's got what it takes. And and I can't go further without making sure we give a shout out to Boulder Options. Daryl Thompson, uh, one of the creators of Boulder Options, one of the, the leaders within that organization for mentoring young kids. And so when you think about mentoring a SESI, 
And, you know, going from college to the NFL, we see so many guys struggle with that mental aspect of I'm a grown man. Nobody's going to come check my room to make sure I'm at practice, to make sure I'm eating, to make sure I go to meetings, make sure I'm reading my playbook. Um, it, you know, it says he's going to see this. I'll see it says he today when I go to practice um, and I'm gonna make sure I tell him what you said. What What is some advice you could give him for that transfer from college to the pros? Find a veteran that's uh that's got a, a a good heart and got a good system that's um eating that's resting it's talking about the things you need to talk to him about because you know at the end of the day you know he wants to you know you want to put you know money in the bank you want to provide for your family you want to have a you want to live out your childhood dream you know when i was a kid you know i watched the people leaders and you know you were blessed to be able to watch your dad and see those things so you want to live your childhood dream means you gotta you know go to bed get some rest Take care of everybody, lift weights, get in that playbook, understand the value of film work and attention to detail. Those types of things are the guys that make rosters. When you hustle, when you pay attention to detail, when you know what's going to happen and we know what they're going to try to do to you, then you got a shot at carving out a nice career. And looking at the Gophers, let's keep it with the Gophers talk. The Big Ten West, and, and I'm hearing ESPN talk about this now, Fox Sports talked about it, NBC Radio with Dan Pat. I mean, everybody's talking about Gophers, Badgers, Hawkeyes. It seemed like that's been kind of the talk, consistent talk, for the last few years. Like, th those have been the teams that everybody keeps putting that they have a chance to be in the championship and, and really contend for a Big Ten championship. What do the Gophers have to do to finally maybe get over that hump and actually make it to Indianapolis to play for the Big Ten championship? Oh, Ron, you know it as well as I do. We got we got to get those trophy games. You know, you can't lose to people that you aren't supposed to lose to. You know, you get you know someone on the ropes or someone comes in and they kind of hold on you all day long, and then you end up losing to an Illinois team. That's a good team, you know, and they're well coached, they're disciplined, and they really really like to beat us like we like to beat everybody else. So you got to win those trophy. You win those trophy games, everything else is going to take care of itself because you got the momentum, you got the energy, and you got you, know, you got what it takes. So you win those trophy games, the two games you're talking about. Everything else pretty much takes care of itself. Yeah, and looking at quickly, Mo Ibram coming off injury, you're a running back. What is what is that mental for him now, knowing, you know what, am I completely healthy? You know, once he is healthy, how does he kind of just get over that hump and just play football and not worry? Well, I think, you know, part of it's just getting some physical contact. First, it's just running, you know, just kind of out running on your own and doing whatever the trainers allow you to do. And then it's running, you know, in some of the teamwork and some one-on-one -on -one work, and then it's, taking some hits, you know, so it feels like it, it looks like to me that he's in obviously tremendous condition, you know, they're young, he's, he's fresh and um, they take really, really good care of him over there at the University of Minnesota with Coach Fleck and his training staff. So I expect um, really, really big things. I think he'll have a tremendous year this year. And for Aaron Rodgers, I mean, you're a Packer guy. Uh, you live in Minnesota though, but you're a Packer guy. Um, mm -hmm. When you look at Aaron Rodgers and he's, I mean, theoretically pound for pound, he's probably the best quarterback uh, or one of the best quarterbacks in the history of the NFL, not just the NFL now, but in the history, you look at his, his body of work. Um, when you see Kirk Cousins, how can Kirk Cousins create that Aaron Rodgers type of like confidence in the fans? Because people, you know, they see Kirk Cousins numbers, but then they look at these big games. What does Aaron Rodgers do that Kirk Cousins probably can learn from? I think it's getting out and taking advantage of what uh, what the defense gives you and knowing sometimes you've got to eat the ball, sometimes you've got to take a chance. And every once in a while it feels like Kirk Cousins is not willing to push the ball down the field and uh, maybe just doesn't have that confidence. So I feel like that's probably the main thing. I don't really know. I'm not a quarterback. I'm not a quarterback mm -hmm. guru. It just feels like there's <laughs> maybe a little bit of a, a, a 
lack of confidence sometimes to take some of those um, opportunities that Aaron Rodgers, um, his ability to use his feet mm-hmm. and to find people downfield and to get the defense uh, uncomfortable is not something Kurt's done a lot of. And he, I think he's Kurt's probably as athletic as Aaron. You know, he's yeah. not, you know, incredibly athletic, but I don't think Aaron's like incredibly athletic, but he uses his feet good enough. And Kurt can certainly use his feet good enough to buy that extra time to um, get the ball out in space and pick up a few more. And if he picks up three or four more first downs like that, using his feet and scores on one of them with a long shot down the field to his tremendous receiving core, then I feel like uh, that'd be the next step to, um, you know, uh, him sealing his legacy. And, and so culture, roll the boat. I mean, you and I both former Gophers, we've seen culture changes within the Minnesota program uh, over the last few years. It seems like roll the boat is one that's starting to stick. You know, people are starting to actually understand the culture. Um, it's verbal. We know it. It's visual. Um, it's everywhere you go. And, and when you think about P.J. Fleck and his culture, and then you hear, you know, former players, of course, everybody's going to do it when the coach is gone, but former or current players, sorry, when their former coach left, Mike Zimmer, everybody talked about the culture and how sometimes it felt like uh, it was a fear base. You know, yeah, don't do this. Don't do that. Yelling at me, you know, curse me out. Do that. Don't do, you know, like afraid to speak to him sometimes in the hallway. All, all the stuff we're hearing from these players. Um, and then you get Kevin O'Connell comes in and now you see the players having fun, relaxing, joking. Uh, personality starting to come out guys uh you know you see actual you know people having conversations with kevin o'connell and that's his job when he's new you come in you talk to everybody um but w- what can kevin o'connell do as a former player as well as somebody who's seen a guy like sean McVay, who is pj fleck ish um you know what can he do to kind of change this culture around the vikings organization as a whole um, whether players think they're, you know, not players, whether fans think they're cursed or they think that there's no true culture, true system besides defense. Uh, what can Kevin O'Connell bring to an organization like that? Cause he, and he's young. So I think that's part of it too. I think it's um, two pieces, Ron. Number one, I think is communicate, you know, that there is a new system. And I think that in all sports, we're seeing that people want to be loose. You want to have fun. You want to shoot jumpers. You want to push the ball down the field. We want to have people kind of running around, you know, looser, happy because you do feel better. You're more confident, excited. And I feel like that's been the shift of probably pro football and college football in the last 20 years. Guys are more like it wasn't just we're just going to have blood and guts. We're going to have spring ball. We're going to do, you know, pull in the ring and these types of things like, no, 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 no. We're going to have fun. We're going to have a little bit of music. We're going to engage people. We're going to condition. We're going to play hard. But we're also not trying to, you know, destroy each other. This is a game, and um, if you treat it like that and have fun, you have a lot of success. So I think, you know, he it feels to me, you know, and I've I've not met him. I've just watched him, you know, um, through some interviews. He looks like he's fun. He's light, and um, there's something to that. And also, the one of the best things about the NFL, I always thought, was like if a guy can't do his job, they just get rid of him. Now, it's mm-hmm. kind of a little bit crude to say that, but they just move <laughs> on to the they move on to the next person. Sure. So. That's the that's the piece of it. You know what? You know it's okay if you can't quite. You know, let's say, hey, don't Daryl, your hip. You know, you're running. You can't. You can't quite. It's like, yeah, all these things are. You know what? We got this new guy, Edgar Bennett. You know, we got Edgar, and, and someone else. Someone else kind of comes along. That's life. That's business in the NFL. So once you learn and adjust to that, um, to be successful, and hopefully the Vikings can turn the corner this year. I mean, they have a great running back, actually a couple of great running backs. Uh, a, a very very good quarterback, tremendous receivers, uh, a defense that. We that has yet to be seen again. It'll be interesting to see what happens with the defense. There's a lot of new parts and pieces, but you know, to me, um, a healthy Daniel Hunter makes that defense so much better. And if, if he's healthy, you know, I had a friend that played with them, Reggie White in college. He said, When I was a freshman, 
I thought I was hot stuff, you know, but Reggie White was knocking quarterbacks. People were throwing me the ball. He said, Reggie White left. I got exposed, you know, so it's not, it's it's a lot it's a lot different when you got someone that the quarterback is uh, concerned about every waking moment versus um, a regular uh, defensive end. Right, and Daniel Hunter is not regular. Well, that'll do it. <laughs> that'll do it for uh, Daryl Thompson on the Ron Johnson Show. I want to thank you, Daryl, for joining me. Please stick around, everybody. The Daily Three is up next. That's three questions, three minutes each. We'll be up after that. Do you want instant post-game reaction from insiders that cover your favorite sports teams? Well, check out our Locked On Sports Minnesota's podcast on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Following every Twins, Vikings, Wilder, Wolves game, our Locked On team hosts are broadcasting live with team insiders like Kevin Gork for the Wild and Brandon Warren for the Twins. Never miss a podcast by subscribing to Locked On Sports Minnesota's YouTube channel or download and take us wherever you get your podcasts. Well, it's that time of the show that I love. It's the daily three. That's three questions, three minutes each. Take it away, Sam. Vikings question of the day, Ron. We try to have one every day. And today I want you to give me a win total range. So I want you to think of the worst case scenario for this team. What is mm -hmm. the floor and what is the ceiling between what and what is this team going to wind up with? So this is what's scary when I did the numbers. Um, and I hate to even do this, but I'm going to do it. When you look at the Bears and the Lions, I think that's four wins. I really do when you look at what the Bears offense is possibly going to look like and what they have to get done with the new head coach, whereas Kirk Cousins is kind of a plug-and-play uh, quarterback. Have we seen you know, success with the Commanders or the Washington football team? And now the same success with the Vikings. So Kirk Cousins is kind of plug-and-play, where Justin Fields, he was really great at Ohio State, and the Bears never really used him properly. And so now it's going to be that key. Uh, Lions, same thing. Jared Goff, he needed a babysitter in Sean McVay and Kevin O'Connell and that group and the way they do the check with me's and they help them out. You get Matthew Stafford, they win a Super Bowl. You go Jared Goff to the Lions and they're hit or miss. Um, I, I do think this new look Vikings offense is going to be very sustainable. It's not going to really stall. Uh, you're always going to have creative play design. I, I think that's four wins. Um, as I break down some other ones, I, I as the New Orleans Saints got better. Um, the Eagles got better in trades. The Cardinals got better in trades. And they're going to get the Cardinals when DeAndre Hopkins is back. And that's what's even scarier uh, when you look at Brown and Hopkins. And so when you think about everything, you know, kind of breaking down, I think their floor is actually now seven wins. I, I think seven wins has to be the floor. Uh, if you can't pull off seven wins with that schedule, because uh, you got seven wins before, like, it, it, it's that sad. Uh, I, I think their ceiling is, is 12. 12 or 13. I think 12, though, um, because, I mean, you look at the games that are going to be tough with the Bills, um, you know, the Colts now, because, again, the Colts have gotten Matt Ryan, even though Matt Ryan wasn't great before. But now Matt Ryan, uh, you know, has, I think, a better scheme. Matt Ryan hasn't really been good uh, since the Super Bowl. Maybe the 28 and three got him. But that's that's where I'm going to go. I think the floor is seven. I think the ceiling is twelve. Or sorry, I don't think the ceiling is twelve, but I think twelve is very attainable. Um, but again, like I said, seven has to be the floor. Twelve is attainable. Anywhere in there, it's going to come down to some kicks, and we'll see who makes the team as kicker because that's going to be the key. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if it's last year's team, you know, how many games did they win on kicks? How many did they lose on kicks? It was like three and three, right? There were so many games that came down to the last play. So many games were one possession games. 
I look at the schedule and I think there's there's maybe only two games that are borderline unwinnable. And even mm-hmm. that is not true. Every game's winnable. But at Buffalo and at Green Bay, super, super tough. Um, other than that, a lot of those tough games are at home, like Dallas at home, New England at home. And that's pretty helpful. Uh, yeah. I think you've got two, two of your tougher games, actually, early in the season at Philly. That's going to be pretty tough, and then uh, obviously the Saints in London will be will be tough as well. But seven to twelve is honestly, Ron, exactly what I had in my head. So yeah. same page right there. Uh, we haven't had a vaccination controversy in quite a while. I did not miss it, but it's back in the news. The Minnesota Twins are going to Toronto next week, and because they're going to Canada, they need vaccinations to get in the country. Five of their players reportedly will not make the trip we don't know their names yet but ron uh what's your reaction to those players decisions it's is there they could do whatever they want this is the thing man like in this world we get so caught up sometimes and some people have a choice with what they want to do with their body and some people don't have a choice with what they want to do with their body some people have a choice and what they think they should do and some people should not have a cho- like we we are like we are literally and i watched new moon i don't know if you've seen that marvel comics uh love it love all the marvel stuff um there's a thing called balancing the scales and they, and it was the the guy you know basically he was not a, really a twin but it's two of him because he's schizophrenic and blah blah long story. but anyway when he goes into this realm this new world uh this this hippo which sounds even weirder this hippo grabs both hearts out of but they're both him but it's cool she puts it on the scale and he has to balance out the scale and so as he's balancing out he's going back into his childhood so he's going back to figure out when he became uh had a split personality when did that start uh you know like his mom he thought his mom was this type of person but his dad really hit it she was an alcoholic she abused him um he then finally found out oh that's why i created a second person because i personally couldn't handle my mom abusing me or beating me because his brother had died and the mom blamed him for killing his brother you know they were playing brother drown mom blamed him long story and what so a when sad I, movie this sounds it is it's a show it's a show on, on disney plus i mean oh. i don't think kids would understand all that stuff like as an adult you're like oh okay i get it like he's he he created a second personality because his mom was abusing him because they don't show it they just kind of show her going into the room and then all of a sudden he changes and his new personality comes out and then he's like identifying like oh okay this is when i got it long story short they had to balance the scales. He had to learn his past life and his new life and then kind of come together to kind of understand why he has split personalities. The cool thing I can't wait for the show has nothing to do with this topic is there's a third personality that is more aggressive because basically when they put this suit on, they get all these powers. Long story short, there's a third personality and neither of them understand like, who is this guy? But he's super ridiculous. He can beat up 15 people at one time. But what, what, what my point of this to bring it home <laughs> is the scales are not balanced. And so whether we need to go into our past and look at it and whether we need to identify with our future and what we want it to look like, like we have to balance these scales. And so it's not, and and baseball is America's pastime. It's not Canada's pastime. So Canada's like, I don't give a crap. Like this is our rules. You're going to do what we say. Um, You don't have to do it, but you're not going to play. You're not going to come into our country. I don't think people care enough in baseball because of so many games. So the fact that these five players are going to miss five row games, hey, just treat it as a bye week. Treat it as a whatever, a DL day's rest. I don't even know what you want to call it. But, hey, it is what it is. Uh, you got to deal with it. Who cares? Like, move on. Go. Hopefully you can pull out three to four games. Uh, the Tigers game didn't go the way I thought it was going to go in that first one. They have four more, so we'll see. Um, but, yeah, like when you when you think about – 
that vaccination crap. Like, look, people want to do what they want to do. If they think it affects other people, if they don't, hey, just be smart. If you don't feel good, stay home. Yeah, I, I just think it's it's the timing is bad for the twins because yeah. they're they just lost a, a pitcher to injury. Mm-hmm. Uh they just lost Royce Lewis to injury. Like the injury bug has been biting this team all year and it's bad right now. So to lose five other guys at a time when you're already pretty hurt, it sucks. Um, yeah. but it is only three games. And it's three games, and if you win one of those three, you know, you're basically breaking even. Maybe you lose right. two. Um, so in the end, it won't be like the be all end all of the regular season. Correct. NBA finals are set. The Warriors and the Celtics dramatic game seven win for the Celtics. They had to stave off a Jimmy Butler three that could have won the game. Uh, but they make it to play the Warriors who are favorites in the series who you got in the NBA finals run. Well, first I want to say Jimmy Butler, uh, like everybody can say what they want to say. Jimmy Butler says teammates were happy with that shot. I, you drive, drive to the lane. You might get fouled and one. You you might make it and t- or not might. You probably make a layup and tie it up. Nobody's in the lane. Um, if you get going, they might try to take you out hard foul for a flagrant two. You get two shots and the ball. Like there's so much you, you like to do it. And when you look at like like Spolcher said, he makes that three, but he makes a balanced three. That three looked like he was moving forward. Didn't look real balanced. Uh, moving forward now, Celtics Warriors. I did pick the Warriors early on on the Ron Johnson show, Sam. Remember I said I mm-hmm. thought it was going to be Heat Warriors, so I was pretty close. Like, when we started this whole thing, you had me pick my two favorites to get there, and I said Heat Warriors. I was extremely close. The Heat were right there. Uh, Joel Embiid says they need another superstar. Maybe. But I'm going to go Warriors. I mean, you look at the way they're playing now. They're probably going to get Gary Payton the second back. Uh, possibly you look at Poole, you look at Clay, you look at Draymond, you look at Andrew Wiggins dunking on people. Uh, the funny thing is the Warriors core made it to the NBA Finals with Kevin Durant. The Warriors core made it to the NBA Finals with Andrew Wiggins. Is Andrew Wiggins and Kevin Durant interchangeable when you have stars? Not saying by themselves. I'm not crazy. But when you have stars, are they pretty interchangeable? Because we know Kevin Durant can be a ball-dominant guy. But what Andrew Wiggins gives you is the ability to spread out the floor, an explosive jumper, and then a guy that looks like he has confidence now. Like, Andrew Wiggins looks like the kid out of Kansas. And so I got to go Warriors. Nothing against the Celtics. But when you look at some of the Celtics' deficiencies, like everybody's saying they're the best defensive team. Not everybody. Kendrick Perkins says they're the best defensive team in NBA history. Hold your horses because they haven't seen this onslaught of threes that's coming their way. But I, I truly believe that the Warriors are just a better team. The way they pass the ball, the way they they play together, the way Steph like Steph Curry gets going, and it's tough to stop. Like the kid can shoot from the logo, and confident. It's not like he's throwing up a shot like Trey. Like Trey Young to me does it, and it looks like a little boy heaving a ball up at you know with a with a nerf rim that's too big for him. Steph is just shooting. That's his shot from there. Like he works at him and Clay. Clay can get four shots off and only take four dribbles, maybe not even four dribbles sometimes. So. That's why this team is so dangerous. And then you got Draymond Green, who's going to be your enforcer. He's going to be the guy to talk. He's going to be the guy to, you know, to make sure the refs are doing what they got to do. He's going to be the guy to make sure if your guy does something, my guy, I got something for him. So like the whole Marcus Smart, Al Holford, you know, trying to act like they're tough. That doesn't work with Draymond. Draymond is from where I'm from. You know, when you're from Detroit, when you're from Michigan, you got a different mindset when you step on the court. And that's what Draymond brings to this Warriors team. And if they can get Gary uh, Payton Jr., the second back, and you have Poole playing the way he's playing, it, that's a tough team because they can go small ball with that death lineup and Draymond's at the five, Wiggins at the four, or they can come back and kill you 
and, and put Steph in and leave everybody else on the bench and put a bunch of role players around. So Steph just literally looks like he's playing ring around the rosy, running around the court, getting shots off. So it's a scary team. And then Steph can rest and Clay can come in and take over. So it's just, it's so much where the Celtics are really Jason Tatum dominant. And then if Jalen Brown can play, that's when they kind of pick it up. But if, if they can't find a way to get going and Wiggins, I mean, we saw what Wiggins did defensively. Like Wiggins on, on Jason Tatum, I guess is where they're probably going to go. I don't think they're going to put him on clay, put clay on him. I think they would waste Wiggins, let Wiggins get tired and, and, and really just beat Jason Tatum up. That's an athletic long body at six, seven that, that can really give Jason Tatum trouble because he's not like Jason Tatum was dealing with guys that were playing offense. He's not dealing with that. Wiggins is a defensive minded guy now who can get shots off. So I got to go Warriors. Yeah, I look at the Warriors playoffs so far. I think they've played five games, six games, five games. Um, the Celtics have had to go seven the last two series, and I know yeah. they've had good opponents, but the Warriors are better rested. They're killing teams. They're healthy once, you know, if they get you know, pool back um, playing the way that he was. I think the Warriors probably have a little more going for him. Yep. Well, that'll do it for the Ron Johnson Show today. I want to thank you. Please make sure you subscribe on the podcast channel as well as YouTube. But please go to the podcast channel and subscribe. But you can take us and download us and go wherever you want to go with us on the plane, on the train, in the taxi, in the cab, whatever you want to do. Uh, but that'll do it for us today. I want to thank you for joining us. Have a great day. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.